At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Time action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is VSIN's primetime action, typically live from the South Point. We are live from the South Point, but we're also live from my apartment. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Ben Wilson at the uh, South Point. Uh, what a show tonight. Golf winnings all weekend long for Matt. We'll talk about that. Ben on the cusp of curling greatness tonight. Huge money-making possibility tonight as well on the show uh, and a whole bunch of Super Bowl props. We'll get into all of it. But Mateo, good to see you, man. A uh, couple basketball tip-offs, but a whole bunch of face-offs. We got five basketball games tonight. We got the Heat and the Wizards that are coming up at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Right now, the Heat are 6.5 to 7-point road favorites over the Wizards. 206.5 all the way to 207.5 the total there, so be sure do a little shopping. The Raptors and the Hornets come to you at 7 Eastern and 4 Pacific. The Raptors are point about a point favorite there on the road against the Hornets. 224.5 to 225 is your total. We got the Warriors and the Thunder coming at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Right now, the Warriors are 12 to 12.5 point Road favorites over the Thunder, 210, 210 and a half is your total. Suns and the Bulls at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. The Suns are six, six and a half point road favorites over the Bulls. We got a total of 229, 229 and a half in that one. And finally, at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, we have the Knicks and the Jazz. The Jazz, the only home favorite on the slate tonight, seven and a half point home favorites there over the Knicks, 218. And a half is your total. We do have a couple of puck drops, so two puck drops tonight. We've got the Hurricanes and the Leafs. The That is at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. So right now, if you want to get in on that one, the Leafs are minus 130 home favorites. If you want to back the Hurricanes on the road, plus 110 as underdogs there. And then the other face-off here at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific is the Devils and the Senators. The Senators, minus 125 home favorites, plus 105 on the visiting Devils. Oh, you're right. A whole bunch of more uh, hockey games tomorrow night. Just a couple tonight. Um, a lot of NFL news, by the way. Mike Pritchard, co-host of Betting Across America, will join us in about 90 minutes to talk all things Super Bowl 56, maybe uh, figure out what his favorite props are. Uh, and one of his buddies in the news in the coaching carousel, but the uh, the coaching vacancies that have been filled already this weekend, the Dolphins 
looked for a splash. We thought there was going to be a splash after they fired Brian Flores, surprisingly, at the end of the season. Obviously, Brian Flores in the news for other things since then. But the Dolphins call their shot. They hire Mike McDaniel as their head coach. He's the former 49ers offensive coordinator. And then today it was official, Matt, uh, the Texans in one of these circuitous kind of coaching searches, kind of like the Jaguars had, the Texans end up landing on Lovey Smith as their head coach. Did that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, that was a that was one of the names that just kind of came out of nowhere in, in this one. And we were wondering, you know, like, okay, are they really going to go with Josh McDaniels, a guy that, you know, has, has high school coaching experience, but that's about it. You know, is that really what they're going to do here? Is that how this team is going to, to go about this? And I mean, listen, I, I thought it was kind of par for the course with how this team is set up for the, for the immediate future. It's kind of like, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll throw Josh McDaniels to the, uh, uh, to the, to the, um, I mean, Josh McCown, I should say, to the uh, to, to the Wolves there. But, I mean, hey, look, it, it Lovey Smith, he's a deserved coach. I just don't like the situation, really, for him here because I don't like the situation for anyone, but specifically for Lovey Smith, right? I mean, it's just like this guy finally gets a chance to get back into the, the, ho- the head coaching seat, and now he's going to take over one of the most talent-devoid teams in all the NFL and a team that is going to be without any sort of – I mean, maybe Davis Mills is good. We don't know, but I mean, it's it, they're he's going to have to use Davis Mills at quarterback this year because Sean Watson's going to be somewhere, whether that is still sitting on the sideline or out of town, and so it's just a a rough situation for him in that one. So I'm sure you were kind of the same way, where you look and you say, like, man, I'm glad he got a shot, but at the same time, like this is this is a pretty bad it's a pretty bad <laughs> spot to land. It really is, yeah. man. Um, the, the other one that sort of, you know, I, I mentioned Mike Pritchard's buddy. Mike Pritchard's buddy is Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is interviewing with the New Orleans Saints for their vacant head coaching position. He did so over the weekend. He and current defensive coordinator Dennis Allen uh, expected to be the final two candidates. I don't know if the Saints coaching prop is up anywhere. But doesn't this kind of feel to you like this is Dennis Allen's job to lose? Apparently, on the way in, they went ahead and uh, made him the guy. So uh, as we yeah. were as oh, we were on the way to the studio, yeah, as we were on the way to the studio, Dennis Allen is going to uh, to get the gig there for the Saints. And I mean, again, it's one of those jobs where I think if you look at it on the outside, and not saying Eric Bieniemy wouldn't want this job. But again, it's not a great place to land right now. You are going into a situation with a team that has salary cap hell. They're going to have to do, again, some all kinds of backflips and gymnastics and everything to get this thing even remotely close to where the salary cap is, which means you're not going to be able to do anything in free agency at all. You don't have a quarterback. What are you going to do? Are you going to really be forced to play Taysom Hill or Ian Book? I mean, it, it – also is another place that is not great to land. And so, you know, look, good on Dennis Allen. I hope that he is, you know, a, a guy that can at least keep this this organization afloat during this this really rough time right now. But I think there are really, really bad days ahead for this, uh, for this Saints franchise for the next three or four years. And then throw in the Alvin Kamara thing from this weekend, yeah. right? That can't, they're rested uh, for battery. Uh, after a nightclub fight here in Las Vegas this weekend uh, during the Pro Bowl festivities. I think we're allowed to call it festivities. Uh, and then the only other thing, and this is the one that makes the most sense, I think, of anything. Rick, Rich Bisaccia ends up as the Packers special teams coach, which is exactly what they've been looking for. I know it's not probably what Bisaccia had uh, hoped for initially, but that seems like a fairly good fit, at least on paper, right? 
yeah, I mean, this is, if you're them, right? I mean, like, you probably look yeah. at this and you're like, okay, what is the biggest splash we can possibly make in a special teams department? And I think this is the only way that they could go. I mean, good, really, really good hire. Like you said, I'm sure he is a bit bummed out, not necessarily getting another coaching gig immediately. Of course, you you want to stay employed, but I think he had aspirations of just kind of taking over here in Vegas. I don't think that was ever the plan, really. I think it was always going to be a complete reset from from everything here. But uh, as as far as the Packers go, if you are them, you have to be looking at this and say, okay, as as far as as far as a coaching hire goes for something that we rarely ever talk about, which is a special teams coach, like this is the best one that we could possibly get. For sure. Um, you don't have any pre-flop bets tonight, do you, by any chance? No, no. This is uh, this has been a th- this is this is full on dive in, you know, in the deep end here with everything with the Super Bowl and then even the waste management coming up this week. So yes. it is it is all golf and football for me. All right. So let's, let's, I know we're supposed to talk about golf later, but you, sir, have had a pretty, pretty darn good. And I'm, I'm understating it. The best possible start to (laughs) any sports calendar betting season ever. You did it again, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's what it does. I mean, look at the end of the day, all it does is kind of lock in that it would be almost nearly impossible for me to lose money this golf season. So starting out with an 83 to one and then a 60 to one to, to start the season is, is really definitely, uh, you know, more than I could ever ask for here. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a variable, you know, this, this sport so incredibly crazy to try to handicap. And so, I mean, it might be another, you know, it might be another two months before I even have a guy in the top five, but certainly grateful to get these first two home this week. And like I said, it would be, I would have to be reckless at this point to, uh, to not have a winning golf season <laughs> and to have that locked in second week of February is, is, is pretty good. So what, what we're referring to is uh, last week, Matt hit Luke list at 83 to one. And then on Sunday, 60 to one on Tom Hoagie gets home at the AT&T. Uh, but you had it surrounded again, right? Like you, you could have won a couple different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I had Putnam as well, who he ended up falling off and, and, but you know, had, had him in there at 110 to one, that would have been even better if he'd have won, but I'm not going to be greedy or anything. I'll, I'll take the 60, but yeah, I mean, Putnam was unbelievable was, was up there as well. And so he was, he was contending. So that could have been, that could have been interesting, but Hey, look, it is, it's a, it's a good position to be in and I will, uh, I'll take it as riding into waste manager. I'm not going to stop though. Hopefully, you know, let's try to make it, let's try to make it three in a row. Do you feel, I mean, so just, this is just sort of a gambling yeah. question then because folks who are lucky enough and fortunate enough, I don't mean to call it lucky yeah. for, who are fortunate enough to have that kind of success, they might get and, and, and who have to who have to talk about it in public. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, this is a very small subset of people, but do you feel like an increased pressure? Or are you just like, ah, whatever now I'm good. I always have these two or is there, I mean, is it a little of both to you? Yeah, I mean, look, I I certainly want to make this the the best season ever by far, you know, so I'm going right. to I'm certainly going to to keep at it as, as as hard as humanly possible. I think the more more pressure is is, you know, my uh my home state of Louisiana now has legalized mobile sports betting. And so after I, after you go, uh, 83 to one and 60 to one, your all your friends start going, Hey, by the way, <laughs> uh, if you want to start sending those picks over to us and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I do a show every single night that you can watch for free. If you'd like, or that you can watch on, on VEASAN.com if you want to. So I, I've, I'm just selling them on getting a subscription to the site basically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, I've been there. I know. By the way, you won't get any thank yous after the wins either. That will that yes. will happen as well. It'll only be like, hey, man, that guy you said got missed the cut. And I'll be like, yeah, they miss the cut sometimes. 
All right, and Ben, Ben, before we get to break here, because I know we'll talk about this in fruit baskets, but what's on the line real quick tonight? We've got the mixed doubles Olympic curling gold medal match tonight, and in my wildest dreams, I would have never predicted this, but Italy, yes, Italy, they are 10-0, and they are curling for gold tonight against Norway. Minus 170 favorites, believe it or not, uh, Gil. And what did you get him at? Well, all right. So I gave, I said 25 to one last week. You can't bet them anywhere in Nevada. At DraftKings, they were 25 to one. They were two and zero. Oh. I was like, look, I like the vibe I'm getting out of Stefania Constantini and Amos Mozan. This is true. And here, and Matt can back me up on this skill. We we yeah. gave out a short dog against Norway. They won. It's the rematch tonight. They were 25 to one. Second longest odds to win the mixed doubles. All right. This happening while we're on air, or is it after we're on? Uh, 1 a.m. Eastern, unfortunately, which is uh, really unfortunate because yeah. we had a great now curling that, sweat the other night. We did have a good sweat. That would have been some uh, some radio right there. That's for sure. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about Super Bowl 56. Macro first and then some props. It's primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. The digital guide gives you trend strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Big game 56, I believe is how we call it. The large game. The, the gargantuan game. Speaking of which, the uh, Rams and the Bengals now, six days away. Uh, and where are we right now? Rams by four and a half or four, somewhere in that pocket. You don't expect it to move off this upwards, do you, man? So here's the interesting thing in that we are – that we're seeing here that again, it's just, it's, we were wondering if the day would come where Vegas and the rest of country, because they do operate weirdly, you know, separate of each other would disagree. And so where we sit right now is there are four of the major rest of country books that are still sitting at four right now as to where every book in Vegas is at four and a half. So we've got there, there are fours rest of country. There is not a four to be had here in Las Vegas. Now, 48 and a half all the way across the board here in Vegas on the total 48 and a half all the way across the board 
rest of country as well. So the total has has not moved at all. It has not budged one bit ever since it opened at 15 and a half, got bet down, and then that was it. But this line is interestingly enough, now that we have, you know, these other states and all these other people betting into this, we are seeing this kind of fluctuate between four and four and a half rest of country as to where it's kind of stuck at four and a half here in Vegas. So do you have any bets in, in the account on either the side or total or for the first half where the Rams are favored by three in the uh, first half total right around 23 and a half consensus. Yeah, I do have, I mean, I went ahead and, you know, look, you you and I kind of talked about this. It's I've got the Rams futures. I'm going to go ahead and just be fully transparent about that. I've got the Rams futures. So I am going to have the four and a half in the account for, for Cincinnati in hopes to kind of scoop the whole thing. I actually like the four and a half. I think that if I didn't have the Rams futures, I would still be on the four and a half anyway. I do think this game still plays fairly tight. I think this game could look, you know, eerily similar to what, you know, we saw kind of last week out of, out of the Bengals and the Chiefs, but uh, or two weeks ago out of the Bengals and the Chiefs. But yeah, I think I would be leaning towards that anyway, but yes, I will have a healthy amount of, of plus four and a half in hopes that I can, uh, that I can scoop the whole thing, Gil. I want to win all the money. That's what it's, it's exactly what I did. So I don't have the Rams Super Bowl futures. I had the Rams NFC futures like you did, like Kelly did. Uh, and that's exactly how I played it. I took the Niners plus the points. It was three and a half, hoping to hit both. And it worked out beautifully. Um, and I think that's probably, and, and I said the exact same thing last week that you're saying right now, which is even if I didn't have those futures, I would probably take the Niners plus the points. Yeah. And you're saying the same thing about the Bengals. I really, I really feel that. I think anybody who, who wants to lay the points against, as you call them, Jesus H. Burrow and company. Like I just wouldn't be comfortable with that now. Yeah. I mean, and listen, I've uh, guys that are much smarter than me and I've started to really, you know, we'll, we'll talk this game every which way, but loose between now and, and when we get live on, on Sunday for the bet cast here, but you know, they're, they're guys much smarter than me and guys that are, you know, examine this stuff way, way, way more than me who, who do feel that there is a legitimate, you know, path to success here for, the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I mean, listen, yes, there's an obvious mismatch on the defensive line and the offensive line, but with two weeks to prepare and a different strategy, I mean, listen, if you go back and look at that second half where Joe Burrow and and the Bengals were able to come back and, and win that game against the Chiefs, Joe Burrow basically, they completely changed the entire offensive scheme in the second half of that game. He was going first read. He was getting it out of his hands in about 2.2 seconds and was just taking what the defense gave and chip, chip, chip down the field and stuff like that. And so, you know, if they come in, I think, from the get-go here and realize, like, look, we're not going to be able to run the ball. Nobody's been able to run the ball in this defensive line really all year long. San Francisco came in last week, was two weeks ago, was unable to do anything against this uh, defensive line as well. And they were one of the best rushing teams in all of the NFL, arguably the best rushing team in all of the NFL, and couldn't get anything done at all. So if they don't rush, run the ball 60% of the time on first down and come out and kind of keep that more in the 30-40% range just to keep just to keep the Rams honest, of course, but, you know, come out with a, with a throw happy and throw quick and get it out of Burrow's hands and let some of these guys try to do something after the catch and whatnot. You know, I think that there's a, a chance not only for, for a cover, which, again, I, I like the four and a half as it is anyway, but I think that they could give them a run for their money when it's all, when it's all said and done here. But, we, you know, we, we'll – can't wait, man. Listen, we're going to talk about it for, for hours and hours and hours yeah. on end, like leading into this. As far as the total goes, I don't have any I, – I, 
honestly have no lean to this really at all because I think there's three different game scripts for this game, and all three have a vastly different outcome for how this total could go. And so with that, for me, it's just it's it's completely unplayable for, for me in that. I mean, listen, if you if you just kind of want like what the, the nuts and bolts of these two teams over the course of the season, games involving the Rams this season have averaged, and you're going to look at this total and you're going to laugh, have averaged 48.6 points over the course of the season. Cincinnati games, 48.4 points, and the total sitting at 48 and a half. So if that tells you, you anything, go. yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's that's exactly where these two teams kind of have played all season long is right in that 48 and a half-ish range as far as totals go and, and all that. So, yeah, it's 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 nothing I'm I'm interested in really at all. So have you, so going back to the first thing you said, though, about, mm-hmm the Bengals changing that game plan and then obviously realizing, well, maybe, maybe running early down against the Rams might not be the move either. Have you bet any props accordingly based on that? Yeah. Sort of I'm assumption? On, yeah. Yeah. I'm on the under on mix and rushing yards. Um, I was, I talked about it this morning. Yeah. I'm on the under mix and rushing yards and I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in that. I mean, listen, the, I think the only way that that, that that fails is if, Cincinnati, which I don't think anybody's game script has Cincinnati getting up multiple scores in the game. But I mean, like, you know, the only way that changes, I think, is if that happens to be, you know, one of the game scripts. And that's not one of the three that I think is the most likely kind of in this in this scenario. So, yeah, I I mean, that's the only thing I would be worried about then would be Cincinnati, you know, getting out to a multi-score lead. And of course, Zach Taylor, we have seen get a little conservative at times. We have seen him definitely lean on mixing in the run game at, at times. And so, yeah, that's that's really the only way. But yeah, I'm, I'm on the under on mixing. And I think that the assumption of rational coaching, which we always say is, is going to burn us at, at, at points. I think the assumption of rational coaching here, at least having two weeks to prepare for this game, two weeks to examine the film, two weeks to look at these advanced statistics and realize that the, the easiest path to victory here is certainly not running and not running on early downs and things like that will, will lead them to a much heavier pass game script. And they get back to what was working for them towards the end of the season. I mean, we talked about that over the last eight weeks of the season. They were the fourth most pass happy team the last six weeks of the season. They were the, the most pass happy team in all the NFL and that included a win over this very, you know, over the Chiefs team in, in week 17. And then, and then of course that carries over into the playoffs where they found a bunch of success as well. So, I mean, it's a, I think it's the best way for them to, to go about this. And so that's kind of how I'm banking on it. So I did go under on, on mixing his rush yards. Yeah. I, uh, I talked about it a little bit with Rufus Peabody this morning. He, he likes under mixing receiving yards. I like the under rushing yards a little more. He sort of gave me pause on it, but I, I'm, I think I'm going to play the under on Joe Mixon. The other one that I, I talked about a couple others yeah. this morning. I'm curious if you have as well. Uh, one, will there be an extra point missed the no is a very heavy lay at minus three thirty, but the math on it actually works out. It's not for everybody, but if people like value as value, no matter the price, I think there's value there, but the big one, have you, did you talk about the Pat McAfee story with the opening kickoff? Do you know this whole thing? I did not know. Okay, so I bet opening kickoff to be a touchback, no. Um, and I'll just squeeze this in here before yeah. the break. It's plus 135 to plus 160. You always have to shop around with this stuff. Uh, it used to be much higher. And I used to go through it uh, sort of ad nauseum on the show. When I remember in Patriots games, I'd be like, oh, Gostkowski hits it to, into the end zone at this rate. The Patriots defer at this rate. And I would do that for both teams. And it would be sort of this mechanical handicap. Well, Pat McAfee, who obviously kicked in the NFL and kicked with the Colts, kicked in the Super Bowl when the Colts lost to the Saints some about a decade ago, a little more than a decade ago. He was talking on his podcast last year on the run-up to the Chiefs-Bucks game. And he was saying, he goes, guys, the thing with the – 
And this was when the no was plus 270 and Harrison Butker was involved. That's why the no was so jacked up uh, upwards on a, on a no touchback. But he was saying, he goes, the deal is on the first ball in the Super Bowl, unlike the first ball kicked off during a regular season game. Regular season game, you get 30 minutes with the ball. You know this, Matt, you're an aspiring guy who wants to break in, <laughs> in a football for your field goal thing. He says that's typically how you do it, whether it's whatever week it is during the regular season, you get 30 minutes to mess around with it. Super Bowl, you don't get that chance. You get the ball right when you kick it off, you get one kickoff, and then they send it to the Hall of Fame. They package it up and they send it out. So he was saying it was like kicking a brick. And he talked about it last year. And although the number is down to plus one, you know, somewhere in the plus 150-ish range, minus 150 is actually a fair price based on the rate of touchbacks for both Evan McPherson uh, and Matt Gay combined. Matt Gay, as we know already, from a, you know going short on a 47-yard field goal, doesn't have the strongest leg. But 26 out of the last 28 years, the no on the touchback has hit. Largely, I'm guessing, because of this phenomenon. The yeah. only people that have that have touched it back or they've kicked touchbacks, Justin Tucker, arguably the most powerful leg in the game. And then, of course, the uh, the kickoff specialist for the Falcons some years ago. Uh, you may recall uh, you may recall Matt Bosher. So I'm saying no touchback, man. I think that's a I think that's a smart way to go. I mean, the the, the ball thing is real. I told you I've done the research. Got to break the balls in. Yes, you have. Fruit baskets next. Primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, live from not only the South Point, but my palatial apartment here in the uh, middle of the strip. Kidding, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Fruit Baskets. Some bets are more fruitful than others. Let's find out who deserves a fruit basket of their own for helping the primetime action crew win this weekend. Matt, it's only fair that you get honors, Your Honor. I didn't bet any NBA this weekend. I didn't bet any college basketball this weekend. I don't even know if there was hockey this weekend. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if it started back tonight or if it's or if it was going over the weekend. No clue. And I don't really care because I had a golf bet on one Tom Hoagie who went out and I thought was dead after the uh, the first round of the tournament. Seamus Power went out, goes just massive, you know, has a massive day. Then after round two, has another massive day thinking, that, okay, well, this is done so. Well, Seamus Power faded back into the into the pack. Tom Hoagie just plugged along and plugged along. And even though he had a rough front nine, gets it together on the back nine, gets a string of three birdies on the back nine as well, and was able to get this thing home at 60-1, to one, his first PGA Tour victory. If you guys remember, Kelly was on him a couple of weeks ago for a first-round leader bet that didn't quite get home. He was on him for another tournament where Hoagie was right there, didn't quite get home. The guy has been playing some really, really good golf here in the early stages of the PGA Tour season, and um, you know we we kind of went back to the well with him here in this tournament that wasn't really not, was a was a pretty was a was a pretty weak field to begin with, and then got even weaker as Will Zalatoris pulled out, and then Daniel Berger pulled out, and that really does open up the door for guys like Hoagie who have been playing well as it is anyway to to kind of go ahead and get one home, and so 
Tom Hoagie goes out at 60 to 1. Really lights kind of the golf season on fire uh, here for me. I'm going to, I promise to you that I will not get lazy. I will not get complacent. I will continue to do this uh, incredibly diligently. But yes, it has been a, a fantastic start, a pretty much a dream start for all of this. And so, Tom Hoagie, thank you so, so much for ensuring that my golf season is going to uh, to be in the black this year in, in, in on February the 7th. That's a pretty good feeling. It's phenomenal. By the way, did you think you're going to win even with two holes left in the tournament? I mean, well, with two holes left, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the I did not think. I mean, it, after the front nine, I thought it was. I thought it was dead. Like after the front nine, I thought I was totally, completely dead. And boy, he turned it on. Some of the other guys fell back. Were, were unable to kind of get it done. Jordan Spieth, of course, just uh, had had the tournament won. That's what I mean. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, had the tournament won and just. Uh, he, he got, I don't know if it was nerves or if it was just, you know, whatever it was, but he, he really, really, really blew the opportunity with that one. And I'm glad he did. Listen, Jordan Spieth's not hurting for money. Jordan <laughs> no. Spieth got all the endorsements. Jordan Spieth is going to be perfectly fine. Tom Hoagie needed that win. And I'm glad that he got that win. We're glad for you. Is that your only one? That's you, it. All of it. That's one it. fruit basket. One. Oh man. Well, I guess that's where, I guess if you're ever going to have one, that was yes. the one. Uh, mine, and by the way, Ben, thank God you're here because you're the only one who'll understand me on these. Uh, but uh, fruit baskets in tennis, there were three tournaments on the men's tour last week. One was in Pune, India, the Maharashtra Open. I'm all, I'm sure you're all familiar with that tournament. Uh, then there was one in uh, Montpellier in France, Montpellier. Uh, and the third one was in Argentina. And you ended up having three different kinds of players winning three tournaments. And for two of those, we had a guy win multiple times in uh, Cordoba, Argentina. Argentina, if you're pronouncing it correctly. Uh, we had Alejandro Tabilo. Did you bet on Tabilo at all this week, Ben? Anyone? Those I mean, matches? All I, look, that Tennis Channel Plus subscription certainly came in uh, very handy. Uh, for, I, I'm okay. sure for you this week, Gil. Well, he didn't win at all. He, he ended up losing to uh, Albert Ramos-Vignolas in the finals, but he beat Diego Schwartzman in the semis. Just an amazing run for Tabilo. Had him a couple times. Not against Schwartzman, by the way. Uh, had also um, Zhao Sosa in the tournament in Pune, India. He won the entire tournament, had him multiple times, uh, and then had Alexander Bublik, Sasha Bublik, who ended up beating Sasha Zverev in the finals in Montpellier, had him in the semi. So there were tennis wins all abound. All my fruit baskets go to tennis players. And by the way, Katarina Alexandrova with the win last night against Camila Georgie to start off this week. So nothing but tennis fruit baskets for anybody who cares about tennis. Ben, you, sir. Yes, uh, we get the great, we'll see the great picture in a moment. Fantastically done by Michelle, our, our graphics producer. But, I, and I so wish, Gil, you could have been here for this last week, but uh, we, we started to talk some curling. It's the first ever homework assignment I've ever gotten uh, while working at VEASAN. It was given to me by one Mateo Brown uh, after finding out that I was a member of a curling club in high school. This is not a joke. Gil, this guy curled in high school. So if you, if anyone's want, listen, listen. This is a guy. He's got. He owns five, six houses across this country. Like, like, like him and his family. Money just goes like you know, generations and generations. The free high school program. Generations and generations back. And if it didn't, if it, if, if anything could drive that home, it would be when he, when the words came out of his mouth, I curled in high school, and I was like, yeah, well, there it is. All right, yep. 
Nothing more than needs to be said. Did not help my cause for yeah, trying to play down yeah, just being the, the layman in the studio. You but. should add that to your to your Tinder profile. Oh, for, oh yeah. Yeah, that sure. should be that. You sure. should add that to the Bumble. Curled in high school. <laughs> Melting Man, ice what, with my curling stones. <laughs> yes. Was your was your high school like you could play basketball, soccer, or curling in the winter? Like how how did that come to? Yeah, hey, I mean they had hot yeah they had hockey in Wisconsin. But, you know it's, it's a very cold. Oh, a lot of ice sports are, are very popular. But the point being, when Matt finds this information out, Gil, he basically assigns me, all right, I need a curling bet tomorrow on the show. So I started doing my recon, trying to become a sharp curling handicapper overnight. And I came up with uh, the two people you're going to see mm -hmm. here on your screen. Stefania Constantini and Amos Mozaner, the mixed doubles Italian team. Stefania, a shop assistant at the North Face in her day, her day job. Amos, who spent most of his life as a farmer in the, uh, in the countryside of Italy. Here they are. They start off the tournament 2-0, and and I noticed that they were still, out of the 10 teams in the field, they had the ninth longest odds at 25-1. to Italy not exactly known as a hotbed of curling history. It's mostly a, a Canadian sport. but I, sure. I we, So we took sure. them over Norway, plus 146. That was a nice cash. Said it to, on the East Coast, they were 25-1 to to win it all. And I was like, you know what? Market's undervaluing the Italians. And Gil, they, they go 9-0 and in pool play. They win in the semifinals, 8-1, and they are in the gold medal match tonight rematch against Norway, trying to become the first ever team to run the table undefeated in Olympic mixed doubles curling history. Did they, you really say to yourself, hey, man, the Italian team is, the Italians are underrated in curling, undervalued? Yes. I mean, I, I half-jokingly said the market is not caught up with yeah. the strength of the Italians. Yeah. Matt can back me up it, on that. It's, 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 true. it's true. He said <laughs> it a time or three. I, 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 I do believe that he said that. Did they find, like, the most Steve Buscemi-looking picture of you to put, like, 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 you do not look like Steve Buscemi in real life, but in this picture, you look like a young Steve Buscemi. And, I, like, it's it's like, what, what, what did they do to you here? That, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, do you do you see it in the face? Like no, little, I, I do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's interesting. I think they were trying to play off. They the put fact the Bashimi filter on you. Well, that and I'm a very like awkwardly skinny person to begin with, <laughs> and I somehow I'm even skinnier in this photo than I have in real life, which is really hard to accomplish. But they did it. So. But look at how locked hey, in the curlers are in that picture, Gil. I mean, they were they have come to uh. play this whole time. Oh, listen, I know you guys had this discussion last week, but but for me, if I could be selfish for a second. So there's there's the sweepers. And then what do you call the uh, person who pushes? Huckers. Huckers. No, no, no. I made that up. What do you call them? No, I, I, I let Matt just – Matt said the word, and I was like, you know, we'll go with it. What, what do you call them? There's not really – like you were assigned a position on the team. You're like when you curl the stone, you're just throwing the stone. It's not like a – you're not in the act of So you're hucking. not the pitcher. No. Like so, the, so Gil, there is a there the, there is the skip who is the captain, the vice oh, skip sure. who is the assistant captain, and then you have the lead and the second, and you all take turns throwing, sweeping, you know, doing all the things. So, and so, what would you what would you say is the skill here? So the skill, it's it's a finesse sport. <laughs> it's it's like shuffleboard on ice. So the the skill because you're able to curl the stone by turning the handle as you release it. So the skill is being able to get the stones as close to the what they call the button or like if it was darts like the bullseye as possible but you 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 know you alternate so you can knock each other's stones out so you try to set guards you try to curl them around stones it's a very precise sport do people huck right-handed and left-handed so that they're always throwing a curveball or do you like have to throw like a <laughs> screwball if you're like coming from the other side like, you, you you normally use your dominant you you alternate the way you're actually turning it not your actual hand you're 
Because you know, like like you'd be putting reverse spin on it if you're trying to get it to curve back. The, so like it's on like a, a screwball as opposed Gil, to like Gil, a curveball. Just so you know, this was about half of our show on on Thursday. Oh, this this type of I banter, and we had a lot of fun with it. Listen, we I, missed you. I, I, I there are people out there who are genuinely interested in this yeah. because all they've ever done is turned it on and just kind of like watched it, but they never <laughs> knew what was actually That's happening. Right. Yeah, like and like you're letting are us you, know what actually is happening. Silly, silly, curling question. Are you trying to knock the other person's, you know, whatever you call yeah, that thing you, away? There are takeout throw. You execute a takeout. You just fire a it down the out. ice and you're just aiming right yes. at the stone. Knock it out. They ever like throw down the two teams when they when a takeout is kind of violent? Oh, there, there's a lot of, mm. I mean, there's usually a lot of beer drinking going on, you know, more no, than anything. No, not, not violence. All right. And not in high oh, school. We got some, <laughs> rarely yeah. in high school. All right, we got uh, NBA tip-offs to come and some crazy officiating from this past weekend next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Turn prop predictions into dough with the Pizza Hut Big Game Props Pool. Make your predictions about how the big game will go down for your shot at a share of $30,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Pizza Hut Big Game now to get in on the action. That's DraftKings.com slash Pizza Hut Big Game. No one out pizzas the hut. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil, Matt, and Ben Wilson in for Kelly Bidlin. Uh, did we get a ruling on Kelly? Is he just messing around tonight, or is he yeah. actually en route back? What's the verdict? No, I'm just calling it already. I think he's been back. I think he's been back since last night. <laughs> he just, he's yeah, and he's just pulled shenanigans today. In bachelor, look, bachelor party, Florida. What yeah. could Gil? What could possibly go wrong? I'm pretty sure he Nothing. just did shenanigans for sure. Can't think of anything. By the way, did y'all, speaking of shenanigans and things that went wrong, did y'all catch this uh, Friday night when you were doing primetime what was going on in the uh, Cavaliers-Hornets game uh, with 444 left? So the so the Hornets, nondescript NBA game. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a, you know, a mild betting tie-in. It wasn't going to affect the point spread in the end, but it could have very well affected the money line. The, uh, the Hornets were seven-and-a-half-point preflop favorites, but the Cavaliers were winning by 10 with 4.44 left in the game. And the Hornets have the ball, and Dean Wade of the Cavaliers uh, gets the ball, you know, he, he gets the ball off of Karam, but his foot's on the baseline. So the officials are like, all right, they whistle the play dead because obviously it'll be Hornets' ball still because you you touch the ball with your foot on the, on the baseline, Dean Wade. 
And so the ball sort of trickles out to Terry Rozier after the whistle is blown and Terry Rozier. Cause you know how NBA players just futz around. He does that thing where he's like, ah, I'm just going to take a practice shot from three. No biggie plays dead. Right. And also, you know how the NBA is. He's, he's next to the, the Cavs bench. So Darius Garland of the Cavaliers and I believe Ed Davis as well, they kind of mess with Rozier because they're like, you know, the old Kevin Garnett thing where it's like, we're not even going to let you get a practice bucket. We're just going to not let you do that. So they, they actually Garland may have even made contact with Rozier. I'm not sure if he did. Rozier misses the shot. This is after the whistle is blown and the refs come over and they tee up Garland and, and the Cavaliers bench and they give Terry Rozier three points, even though he didn't hit the shot, that shouldn't have counted anyway. And they give him a technical free throw and he makes the free throw. So they give the Hornets four points that should have never happened. And so the Cavaliers bench is losing, is losing their minds after the game. The officials admitted though, the uh, chief crew, the uh, crew chief, he's like, yeah, we, you know, I'm paraphrasing. We messed that up. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially the Cavaliers ended up winning the game. Thanks to two Kevin love free throws with 1.2 seconds left to win by a point. So like they should have won that game, you know, if it plays out the same way easily, instead they have to sweat out. And those betters who had the Cavaliers on the money line just absolutely get fortunate on that. It's amazing. That's it. No, we were, we, we weren't following You're too that busy one. Yeah. Curling stories. I know. Yeah, I know. We weren't, we weren't following that one. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this is just, it seems like every, every night, right. There's some sort of something that goes on where you just kind of go, it would be nothing if it weren't for a betting angle, right? Like it's just like, eh, this would be that's nothing right. if it weren't for a betting angle. Yeah, I mean, but they got it. I mean, those are just that's that's one of the worst errors I think I've ever heard uh, in an NBA game. We do have some tip-offs at the top of the hour. What do we got here? Including one, I think, actual really good game tonight on paper, anyway. Yeah, eight o'clock Eastern for these next two. So the Warriors and the Thunder. Warriors are 12, 12 and a half point road favorites there over the Thunder. So they're they're big favorites. Two ten. Two ten and a half seems to be the prevailing total in that one. Um, in the in the uh, other eight o'clock game, though, we got the Suns and the Bulls. Suns are six six and a half point road favorites over the Bulls. Two twenty seven and a half all the way to two twenty eight and a half is your total in that one. And then uh, the Knicks and the Jazz are a little bit later tonight, nine o'clock, and Jazz sitting about six and a half, seven point home favorite in that one. Yeah. I mean, the Suns bulls games fairly interesting. The only thing I guess with this one is you are, it is a back to back here for this bulls team that is, you know, without Lonzo ball, Alex Caruso, all that. And then, so with kind of being a little bit shorthanded, you, you you had to play, you got to play Vooch like super long minutes here and super. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I think that the line is, is fairly appropriate when it all comes down to it. I mean, I'm not running to lay anything with it, but I think the, the only thing I would play would kind of be, would be laying the suns. I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't be taking the points with the bulls here. Yeah. Zach Levine is a go for the uh, bulls tonight. Uh, apparently uh, let me ask you a question since we're talking about the bulls for a second. So I asked JVT, the great Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst and co-host of the edge. I asked him that this, this morning, the top of the Eastern conference, so the Bulls lose yesterday to the Sixers. Uh, Embiid goes off for 40 and 10. DeMar DeRozan in defeat gets 45. But the top of the Eastern Conference seeds one through five, Matt. Heat, Bulls, Bucks, Cavaliers, and Sixers are all separated by one and a half games. And then six, seven, and eight, the Raptors, Nets, and Celtics, 
are all just three games behind that group of five. So the Sixers, who are in fifth, are only three games ahead of the sixth, seventh, and eighth place teams, the Raptors, Nets, and Celtics. And remember, the playoff format that began last year is that the top six teams, they're in the postseason. But if you finish seven and eight, you're subjected to play-ins against the nine and the ten to determine who the final two playoff spots go to. So as betters, we have yes-nos to make the playoffs. And remember, if you just finished seventh or eighth in the regular season, that doesn't mean you've made the playoffs yet. You have to get through the play-in. And so I'm wondering, the Heat, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Cavaliers, and the Sixers, we all immediately think of them this year as, oh, well, all five of those teams are definitely getting in the playoffs. But they're so close to being in a play-in situation. They're literally like three, four, or four and a half games away from being in a play-in. And we're still in February. So I'm wondering if one of those teams, for one of those teams, Heat, Bulls, Bucks, Cavs, or Sixers, if there might be some awesome long shot no in terms of, I should say, to miss the playoffs, that they would miss the playoffs. So will they make it the no, but in other words, they'll miss it. I wonder if there's some amazing bet to be made on one of those teams. Maybe it is the Bulls. Maybe it's the Nets. I mean, as the, crazy as that sounds. Well, I was going to say the, the. I think the obvious answer here is really the Nets, right? I mean, they are still at DraftKings, the short shot to win it all, right? I mean, they are three to one to win the whole thing. And when you look where they sit right now, losers of eight in a row and and sitting in that seven hole. And one of the things that I think that you can't just assume here is that Kevin Durant is going to be, one, come back on uh, during the time schedule that everybody says. Because, again, we've seen this multiple times, right? Like, you know, injuries. Could, he could be out from X to X. And then, uh, well, there was some sort of setback or whatever. And then also these guys getting into playing shape and being able to, to, to really, you know, turn it on right from the get-go. I mean, that's not necessarily a given here with all this. I mean, if the Nets find themselves in that play, and like you're saying, I mean, it could be it, – it, it, it's, it's a coin flip, right, and then at that point. And so I think the Nets know, especially considering they are the short shot to win it all right now, would be my obvious lean in that one. Yeah, and they're currently in the seventh spot. They've lost eight games in a row. Um you know, we were talking about it from a different, from a couple different angles this morning. One, imagine you end up in a play-in game and you have to play, the, and you have to play the Nets in a playoff. That's another sort of comical thing. Like, oh, great for you know this. I can't believe I'm actually playing that team. But imagine, imagine if that team that everybody just canonized, imagine if they had to play for their lives. And and you're so right. Like they literally, the big three: Harden, Kyrie, and KD have played fewer games together in their entire Nets career uh, than Tom Brady has made divisional round playoff games in his career. 17 to 16. 16 games. That's all those three guys have played together. And as you said, Matt, there's just no, at this point, after a while, you're like, all right, I don't know if we'll ever see these three together. What with the Kyrie vaccine issue, Katie's injuries, Harden being in and out for all kinds of reasons. Man, I just can't believe that's a bet we'd even consider. And and then like strength of schedule wise, it's not like they have. It's not like they're coasting. I mean, it's middle of the pack, right? I mean, it is. It's literally dead center as far as remaining strength of schedule, as as far as like the remaining teams with the twenty nine games that the, that they have left. But I mean, look, you you look at that, and so it's not like it's an easy remaining schedule. So I mean, like they're they're dead center, middle of the pack here. I I think that this would be the very very obvious bet for me. 
depending on what the price was and, and you know, but I think that's the very, very obvious price for me. Cause again, if it comes down to the play in situation, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Uh, I'm looking for if, if those prices are up right now. And I think because the games are going on that it's temporarily yeah. taken down, but look for these tomorrow. Um, we were talking last week or the week before about how the Sixers to win the Atlantic was such a great bet at plus money, plus 110. Now you can't find that for any lower than minus 125. I would argue minus 125 is still a good bet mm-hmm. on the Sixers to win the Atlantic. Now let's take it one step further and talk about missing the playoffs for the Nets, maybe. That might be a fun bet to ride home. Um, amazing that we've gotten to this point. Again, a few days short of the trade deadline and the all-star break to come. Super Bowl props. Some conventional and some more exotic. We will do the exotics next right here on Primetime Action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.